the property pod 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 welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry Hello, this is the Property Pod. My name is Suraya Naidu and on this MoneyWeb podcast show, we chat to leading executives, analysts and developers in South Africa's property industry. South Africa has been one of the forerunners in the global green building movement and is arguably the leader in green building amongst developing nations. This has largely got to do with the establishment of the Green Building Council South Africa back in 2007. The GBSA started as a private sector-driven initiative backed by the likes of Sapoa and several founding partners in the country's commercial property industry. It is a non-profit, member-based organization headquartered out of Cape Town and has been doing great work in driving sustainability in the property and broader built environment, not just in South Africa, but across the continent. Joining us on the latest episode of The Property Pod is Lisa Reynolds, CEO of the GBCSA. She shares her insight on where the green building movement is currently and how far the council has come since its establishment a decade and a half ago. Good to have you on the podcast, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. What impact has green building had on the commercial property sector and in terms of water and energy savings and also in terms of sustainability in general in South Africa? I know it's a broad question, but perhaps you want to also share some of the GBCSA's latest stats and milestones over the years? I think that the Green Building Council has has really had a huge impact in South Africa. As you said, it started in 2007 and we did our first certification, our first green building in 2009. And sort of over the years, it was a really, really sort of slow startup. We used to celebrate that we had doubled our certifications every year. But as you you know, if you, you start on a sort of low baseline, doubling is, is, is not as great. But we are very proud to say that at this point, we are, have got 905 certifications since 2009. So what does it, that mean? Um, and we like to sort of equate it into what we've really, really saved. And if you look at it, it's, it's really equates to approximately 1,320 million kilowatt hours per annum and 1,590 million kilograms carbon that's, uh, you know, not gone out into the atmosphere. And the other thing is the 1,220 million liters of drinking water has been saved. So if you look at it, you know, the, the CO2 that we've saved is equivalent to sort of 395,000 cars off the road every year. Um, the water that we've saved is equivalent to the water needs for 1.6 million people. So if you, if you look at that, it, it's really a huge, huge achievement. And what I like to say is that we talk about climate change and we talk about the effect of climate change. And we started, we started in 2007. Now we've done the saving already. Imagine if we hadn't. And so I always say, you know, we do a little bit of doom and gloom about climate change and the changes. And of course we have to, we have to discuss it. We have to discuss the, the risks of it. But again, you know, if, if anybody hasn't started looking at climate change mitigation now, today is the best day to start. But hey, we started in 2007. Well, you gained a lot of traction. I uh, see in your latest uh, press release ahead of the Green Building Council South Africa Convention, I think, I believe it's next month. The doubling is quite significant over the last year in terms of certification. 
Over the last couple of years, we've sort of done 100 certifications on average a, a year. And then from 2020 to 2021, we did 140. And this, from 21 to 22, we've done 165, which shows you that it really is growing exponentially. But I think what's really important to note that we have grown in a time of lockdown, in a time of uh, sort of pandemics, in a time of huge load shedding. And sort of when, when people tell us that the economy is, you know, it's, it's tight, it's, it's low, we really, you know, we speak, I speak a lot, we speak a lot about the green economy and the green recovery. And it's really that, you know, if you're going to build and you're going to build back, let's build back better. And that's really what it's about. And we can see it in the certifications that's, that are coming through is people are aware, you know, that they, they should do things a bit differently and better. And that's been reflected in, in, in what we've achieved. This year marks the 15th year of the Green Building Council South Africa. Time has really flown. I remember attending the first Green Building Convention in Cape Town as a journalist back in 2007, believe it or not. But uh, give us some history on the organization and how it came into being and what uh, its mandate is. I was also at the, the first 2007 uh, convention, so you and I might have bumped into each other, just didn't know each other then. I think it was really back in, in already in 2006, Bruce Kurzweil and I, th- I think it was Neil Gopal from, from Sapoa and a few other parties sat down and discussed, you know, this whole concept of green. I think Bruce had been to Australia and he looked at, you know, the green buildings and, and the change that it had made. And Green Building Council Australia is, is five years older than us. They, they, they were 20 this year, I think. And he was just sort of really inspired by the concept of, of building better. And, you know, he was quite a pathfinder at the time and did quite a bit of investigation. The first CEO was Nicola Milne, and they really found that, yeah, the, the link to Australia was made sense because of our similar climate, similar lifestyle and things like that. And we, we started, and I think it was really quite a pathfinder movement in that there was a few people within the industry that had done good work as far as, you know, greener buildings were, buildings that had been built, uh, houses that had been built off the grid and things like that. But they were really few and far between. And it was really to say, how do we make this something quantifiable, measurable, and really then encourage South Africa to move into building resource-deficient uh, buildings. And I think it's, yeah, just it went from there, and I think really we haven't looked back. How long have you been CEO at the Green Building Council, and what's the next big thing for the council under your current or your term or role at the council? Big drive from a net zero perspective in line with ESG and climate change debates globally, perhaps? Absolutely. So I joined the Green Building Council as CEO on the 1st of June in 2020, so right in the middle of lockdown. But I have been involved with the Green Building Council since conception. I always say my claim to fame is that I was one of the drivers that drove the writing of energy efficiency standards for buildings and served on the regulatory advisory committee for the regulation of energy efficiency standards and regulation in buildings. And that is really how I got involved with the Green Building Council, served on the board as well. And so I think it's probably a natural step to be CEO. And I think, again, he hit the nail on the head is that we have to look at going a step further. 
when um, the Green Building Council started in 2007, it was really, it's, let's get green buildings going. Let's, let's look at this, this whole concept of green. What we find these days is that a good design building, a well-designed building, can already natu- almost naturally achieve a four-star rating. The first building that we did it was a four-star rated building, and it's quite a, an achievement to get there. And what we found over the, the last 15 years is that building, sort of better buildings, is almost, almost become the norm. So when something becomes the norm that should be mildly aspirational, we have to move the goalposts a little. I know sometimes people despair that they go, oh, we've just got here, now you're moving the goalposts. But it's where we're driving to. We are driving to net zero carbon. It's a world goal. It's a C40 goal. And, you know, we're really there to to support that. And we have got net zero carbon, a rating tool. We've also got net zero water, net zero waste, and net zero ecology um, rating tools. So it's the whole concept of net zero is is very important. Now, why I mentioned the other net zero is, is when we look at a lot of the global drive, it really is on the net zero carbon because obviously, you know, the climate change comes from the amount of greenhouse gases that, that is already in the atmosphere. But as an African country, as a water poor country, we have to look at water as well. So, you know, worldwide, there's a huge net zero carbon push. But, you know, as a sort of, as I said, a responsible uh, stakeholder within the space that we live, we have to look at water as well. It's a, it's a scarce resource. I have to ask this question, uh, but I'm sure you'll appreciate why. What's the value of green buildings? I know a lot of time has passed and you've convinced a lot of uh, people about the value, but are these just overpriced edifices or do they really deliver value over time in terms of cost savings and as well as, as you said, some of the positive impacts on the environment? You mentioned ESG, and I didn't actually grab on it, but ESG reporting is is now an international trend. And if you if you want you know, any building portfolio owners or managers, really need to have you know, a good ESG report. And we play a huge role in the E of ESG. It's environment. It's all, and obviously a little bit on the social. I like to think that we do make a difference in the social side, but I'll I'll go into that a little bit uh, after. So I often call myself a, a pragmatic tree hugger or pragmatic hippie, in that I do want to save the planet, but things do have to make business sense. You know, you 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 know, sustainability is also about sustaining people's jobs, sustaining you know livelihoods. And um, MSCI do a, an index, a property index every year. And over the last five years, they have checked the performance of green rated buildings, so green certified buildings and non-green certified buildings. And there is about a 3% higher return on investment for green accredited green buildings as opposed to non-accredited buildings. I'm reading the that since over five years while they've been doing it, on a cumulative basis, there's been a total return of 42.1% and it's outperformed the non-certified sample by 13.2%. I mean, that's huge. That should persuade people that the green, you know, green is the way to go. And even during the um, sort of lockdown period and the COVID period, the vacancy rate of green certified buildings 
was lower than those of the non-certified buildings. And even though sort of over 2021, the net operating income was in the negatives, the certified buildings were minus 5.8 and the non-certified minus 10.1. And that's a huge difference in, 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 in real terms. Okay, fantastic stats there. It's very interesting uh, what you mentioned. Just turning the uh, discussion slightly, now from a current affairs question perspective, in terms of the National Energy Act, owners of commercial buildings, not just green buildings, can face fines of up to 5 million rand or imprisonment or both for failing to obtain energy performance certificates for their buildings. This is a Department of Mineral and Energy Affairs directive. But uh, what is the Green Building Council of South Africa's position on this? And will it be involved in any way in certification on that side? Well, again, from my standards writing past, uh, it still stays with me. So I was the chair of the working group that actually wrote the standard for energy performance certificates. So what the Green Building Council is is doing at the moment is uh, we've got training courses on what does the standard mean and what does the regulation mean and what you have to do. And then, so there's, from the the energy performance certificate, uh, this regulation you mentioned, you need to have your, as a building owner, you would have to have your energy performance ratified, collected by an independent inspection body, an energy performance certificate inspection body, who is accredited by SANA. So the second part of our training is, you know, really guides to to your, your SANA's accreditation. And so we've been involved, but more on a, a training side, we won't really be involved in the, the actual certification side. Because again, you know, where did this energy performance certificate regulation come from? It's really, if you don't measure, you can't manage. And that's what it's about, is that if you look at these regulation, these standards to cover new buildings, that we've got a huge existing building stock. And we don't know what energy does do these buildings you know, use, how much energy do they consume, how much uh, greenhouse gases do in, in carbon do they put into the atmosphere. So what this exercise is about is it's about a snapshot of where buildings are now with a view of improving over time. So as with anything, when we look at new builds, the complying to regulation is a minimum requirement. And then to be a green building, you have to be better than the minimum requirement. And similarly with the EPCs, you know, the EP, as I said, the EPC is really a picture of where you are now, where the building is now. And obviously, you know, over time, we expect green buildings to sort of be at the higher level. The moment there's still, I won't bore you with some of the details, but there's still sort of certain things that need to, to be refined to get to a better view. But in the interim, collecting this information is quite um important. I guess it's all linked to the whole, um, you know, the energy crisis in South Africa, not just climate change for the sake of it, but uh, interesting times indeed. Do you think that uh, the deadline is apparently in December, though, and I know Sopoas thinks the deadline will be extended because it's not practical. What's the GBCSA's view on that? It will be extended. I think it was a, a little bit of which comes first, inspection bodies or EPCs, and it, it wasn't quite balanced. But I know 
many people in the property sector are doing their energy performance certificates, but also have have been told that an extension has been requested, and I think it's awaiting the the minister's uh, signature and approval. So we don't know what the date is, but it um, the deadline will will be extended. But again, saying that. We don't want anybody to sort of take their foot off the accelerator because it is it is a, a mandated requirement, you know. So even if it's extended, there's there's a huge amount of buildings that need to be, you know, that fall under this this energy performance certificate uh, regulation. And we're sort of saying, you know, always comply with obviously comply with regulation, but because of the logistics and the number of buildings that need to be done, the it, it would have to be extended. The deadline. Yeah, well, government will also put itself uh, in the hot seat almost because it's a major property owner. But uh, Lisa, thanks for that. Uh, on a concluding note, 15 years have passed since Bruce Caswell spearheaded the establishment of the GBCSA. Obviously, there have been a lot of different CEOs and other leaders and all the commercial property companies that are members that have contributed to the success of the council and its efforts. Where do you see or foresee the green building movement and the council being in, say, 2030 or perhaps in another 15 years' time? That's a great question because, again, as I said in the beginning, I think it it, it really was a pathfinder new movement. And like with any organization, it has to grow and move along with the times. As I said to you, you know, four-star rated buildings are almost a, a norm. We're moving the, um, the sort of the, the boundaries. But really where I see the Green Building Council being is a leader in the space, is being, um, you know, our, our vision is, is to, you know, transform South Africa into a place where people and planets thrive. And I think we've just recently changed it from inspire to transform because I feel that it's more about action. It's not just about getting building certified. It's about and you know the whole of South Africa understanding where we're going, the 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 vision into a low carbon future and being the partners of with people sort of holding hands, doing stuff together to get South Africa to a low carbon future. And whether it be and low water use future, I mean I'd forget that. I keep on missing my own lessons. And whether it be government or the property sector to say, you know, can we find a way together to to get where we need to, to go? So I think our, it's our biggest overarching thing is to really do our part within the built environment to mitigate climate change. How we do it might be via understanding the financial value of, of uh, green buildings. It might be through our training, um, you know, as training people in this space. It might be through advocacy. As I said, on the, the S side of the social, I'm a huge believer in job creation. I believe in the green economy and that there's a lot of green jobs out there. We need to find a way of translating this idea and this concept of green jobs into real green jobs, whether it be inspection bodies, whether it be accredited professionals that can do certification, or if it's some if it's a whole lot of people that once you've got your first energy performance certificate, how do you make your building perform better? Let's do retrofits. There's a whole lot of job creation in there. So I think it's really about looking at the green economy 
taking this concept of the green recovery even further. And and that's really my vision. I think we've done our foundational work. We've, you know, we've established ourselves. People know us. They understand the value of us. Now let's let's go the next step forward and say, guys, let's go into this, um, really this journey of resource efficiency and let's do it together. Let's, let's be the partners in that. Lisa, thank you so much for your time. That was Lisa Reynolds, CEO of the Green Building Council of South Africa. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu, brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. 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 MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.